Chapter 2. Do I need to be taught how to pray? The answer is not that simple yes or no. We can answer no. Why? Just like a newborn babe does not need to be taught how to communicate with her mother, likewise when we are born again, no one needs to teach us to talk to our Heavenly Father. It is a natural bond that is developed between the baby and the mother, hence a spiritual bond is developed between the born-again believer and the Godhead. Even when the baby does not understand yet what the mother is saying, it does not prevent the mother from talking and singing to the baby. In the same manner God is talking to us and singing over us, though we are not yet able to understand what he is saying. No one needs to be taught how to pray a thanksgiving prayer. It flows from our heart. God has been good to us. He has blessed us with a spouse, a house, a car, a job, a business, etc. When God has been good to us, our prayers and singings flow naturally because we are grateful to God for what He has done. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, as it is written. It happened... As Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Luke 11 verse 1 A baby, as long as he cannot talk, the only way he communicates with his mother will be by crying or smiling or frowning. The mother has to guess what the baby means. But when the baby is taught how to speak and has understanding of the little words he is using, the communication with his mother is tremendously improved. The mother does not have to guess anymore. As he says the word, the mother is able to meet the need of the baby immediately. In the same manner, God wants us to have understanding of the language he speaks in order to tremendously improve our communication with him and for him to meet our needs speedily. Chapter 3. Why do we pray? We have already established the fact that prayer is just a communication between God and his children. We must remind ourselves that it is a dialogue and not a monologue. Many times we speak and speak and speak some more and do not allow God to speak back even a word. We must always remind ourselves that two parties are involved in prayer and allow God to speak as well. How will one feel? If his telephone is ringing, he picks it up and the person on the other end starts speaking non-stop and then hangs up the telephone. That is not a good telephone communication. He did not even have the opportunity to say hello. When we have said what we wanted, we must also wait for God to speak back to us. From the creation of the world, God gave its dominion to mankind, and Adam turned it over to Satan when he partook of the fruit of the forbidden tree. God constrained himself that he will not do a single thing without partnering with mankind. When he was on his way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he paid a visit to Abraham first to consult with him about the fate of those two cities, Genesis 18 and Genesis 19. Just like God refused to hide anything from Abraham, but disclosed everything, Genesis 18 verse 17. He is not trying to hide anything from us, but has revealed to us his will and wants us to pray according to his will. 
When Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, he told them to pray that the will of the Father be done on earth as it is in heaven. Luke 11 verse 2 Everything we need here on earth has already been provided by our Father. He has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 Everything that we will ever need, God has already created. He wants us to pray so that it will be manifested on earth. There is a blueprint in heaven of everything we want to build on earth, marriage, health, houses, family, etc. Moses is given the blueprint of the tabernacle of the meeting. The blueprint was already in heaven and Moses received it from the Lord and built it on earth. David also received the blueprint of the temple and Solomon built it. So why can't we find out what God's blueprints concerning us are and everything that pertains to us? And then pray them into existence that the will of the Father in heaven be done on earth. If my people, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 Chapter 4 Am I bothering God with my prayers? One must never think that he's being bothersome to God, God loves us and wants to spend time dialoguing with us because we have loved Jesus and believed that he came forth from God. Jesus does not have to make an earnest petition to the Father to listen to what we have to say. John 16, 26-27 Furthermore, God decided to permanently house our body through the Holy Spirit whom he sent. He is now saying to each one of us that he hears the prayer of the righteous, since the righteousness of his Son was imputed to us when we became born again. Proverbs 15 verse 29 He delights in the prayer of the just or upright. Proverbs 15 verse 8 The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. 1 Peter 3 verse 12 and it shall come to pass that before we call, God will answer. And while we are yet speaking, God will hear. Isaiah 65 verse 24 The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. James five sixteen to 18 Hence God is beckoning each one of us, saying, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 Full of these assurances, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4 verse 16 Chapter 5 How do things work in the heavenly realm? If we have a short transitory view or glimpse of how things are working in the heavenly realm, it might help us to better understand how to present our petitions. We must imagine ourselves in a legal tribunal, standing before the judge, 
Our advocate is seated at the right hand of the judge. We are standing beside our assistant attorney or helper and on the other side is a prosecutor or accuser. Let us define the roles and functions of the parties involved in this legal tribunal. Chapter 5a God is a judge, Jesus our advocate and the Holy Ghost the helper. God is a judge, he has the power to put down one and to set up or exalt another. Psalm 75 verse 7 he is the one who sentences or quits a person. Jesus Christ is the advocate with the Father. 1 John 2 verse 1 Our advocate is, with regard to the Father who hired him, to plead our case. In other words, he is attending to us because our case affects the interest of our Father and his Son and their happiness. The dice are loaded in that heavenly tribunal because the judge is our father, the advocate is his son and our elder brother. The Holy Spirit is our helper or comforter. He comes to strengthen us, to comfort us and to bring to our remembrance the things which our Father and Jesus told us. He is sent to us by the Father to dwell in us permanently and teach us how to present our case before the Lord. John 14 verse 16 and John 14 verse 26. That is why we can be confident when we stand before the judge for all this judicial system is in our favor. Chapter 5b Satan is the accuser. Satan is the accuser of the brethren who spends his time in nothing else but accusing us to God, the judge, day and night, Revelation 12.10. He is the prosecutor going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it, looking for opportunities to come and accuse us before our God, the judge, like he did Job, Job 1, 6-12. No matter how well we serve the Lord like Job did, Satan being a professional accuser will always accuse us either rightly or wrongly before our God the judge. But thanks be to God that he built the judicial system in our favour. Chapter 5c Angels Carry Out God's Word God is angels that carry out the word of God. They are servant spirits or ministering spirits sent forth by God to minister or serve those who will inherit salvation. God has made them his ministers, a flame of fire, Hebrews 1.7 and Hebrews 1.14. They have been assigned to us by God. It is not for us to ask God to change our angels. We are not to pray to angels or worship angels. Any angel that demands a worship or a prayer is a demon. Colossians 2 verse 18 Any revelation, doctrine or teaching that one might receive through an angel must agree with the written word of God. If it does not, it is from a demon and not an angel of God. Galatians 1 verse 8 just like we are not to worship any angel or human being that is alive or those who fell asleep in the hope of resurrection, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, we must worship and pray to the Godhead only and God alone we must serve. Matthew 4, 9-10 Any worship or prayer made to anyone else but the Godhead is to Satan and his demons. 
Even if one thinks he is praying to Mary or Angel Michael or Gabriel, it is actually to a demon. The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. Psalm 34 verse 7 Just like in the days of King Hezekiah, the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. Isaiah 37 verse 36 Also in the days of Elisha, when he and his servant were physically encircled by the enemy, he knew that God's angels were ready with him to deliver him. Therefore, for the sake of his servant, who did not have that revelation, he said, Fear not, for they that are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open the eyes of my servant that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. 2 Kings 6, 16-18 Elisha did not pray to the host of angels, but to God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same angelic protection that he assigned to Job, Elisha and the saints of old is the same he has assigned to you. And I thought we might not see them with our physical eyes like the servant of Elisha, but rest assured that they are always around us to deliver us. Though they excel in strength, they only do God's commandments or orders issued by God, hearkening unto the voice of the word that came out of the mouth of God. Psalm 103 verse 20 Chapter 5D, The Book or Legal Code As born-again believers, we must let this revelation sink into our spirit. In the heavenly legal tribunal, there is only one legal code up there, the Word of God. God, through His Holy Spirit, wrote it. He inspired prophets of old and moved upon His spokesmen and spokeswomen to write the Bible. They did not do it by their own imagination or private interpretation, but as it were, the Spirit of the Father moved them to write whatever they did. 2 Timothy 3, 16 Ezekiel 1, verse 3 Jeremiah 36, verse 2 and 2 Peter 1, 20-21 God, through His Holy Spirit, was dictating what should be in the book. He has then exalted or magnified his word contained in the book above his own name. Psalm 138 verse 2 Thus everybody must abide by the word of the book and what is contained inside cannot be broken. Jesus being our advocate told us the scripture cannot be broken. John 10 verse 35 God has to abide to that word. Jesus, the angel, Satan and his cohorts and us. Everybody must abide by what is contained in the book. Satan, being the accuser or the prosecutor, knows what is contained in the book and uses that to prosecute us before God the judge. 
Jesus, our advocate at the right hand of the Father, told us in John 16:13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And then he said in John 14:26, But the Comforter or Helper, who is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Brethren, the Holy Spirit is here to help us pray, but if we do not know what is written in the book, how will he bring it to our remembrance? In order for us to remember something, we must have either heard it or read it somewhere. The words of Jesus and the words of God through the hand of the Holy Spirit are all recorded in the book. That is why we read the book and study it, so that when we come before the Lord we can present our case. Jesus, when he was on earth, was fully man and set a pattern for us to defeat Satan. After being baptized by John the Baptist, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Helper, and was led in the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Matthew 4, verse 2 to 11 And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 Then the devil took him up into the holy city, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, If you are the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Psalm 91, 11-12 Jesus said unto him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 6, verse 16 Again the devil took him up into an exceedingly high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and said unto him, All these things I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. As we can see, Satan being the prosecutor did his job very well. He quoted scriptures to try to deceive Jesus, but Jesus also quoted back scriptures. For the three temptations of Satan, Jesus says, It is written. Jesus had learned the scriptures and studied them from childhood, hence had the understanding of them, and in the day of his temptation, the Holy Spirit was able to bring back to his remembrance what he read, Luke 2, 42-52 The Bible talks about the Word of God being the sword of the Spirit in Ephesians 6.17. Hence, out of the mouth of Jesus went a sharp two-edged sword to strike Satan and his demons as mentioned in Revelations 1.16. The angels of the Lord who are encamping around about us are now empowered by the Word of God that has gone out of our mouth 
because they have been waiting for that instruction to act on our behalf. The Godhead wants to help us and deliver us, and they have assigned those angelic hosts to carry out the word of God. Not our word, but the spoken word of God that is either recorded in the Bible or received by revelation. But still that revelation has to line up with what is in the Bible in order for them to move on our behalf. Think of this example. A person bought a mobile phone, iPhone, from Apple and is now having problems with it and calls a customer service of iPhone. They ask him to read the manual or instruction of the iPhone, but instead he's reading the Alcatel mobile phone manual. The iPhone customer service cannot help him unless he gets the iPhone manual, because they, on the other end, have the iPhone manual. They work from the iPhone manufacturer, not for Alcatel. It is wrong, but that is what we do to God many times. Everybody in the heavenly realm has the book of the Bible, including Satan. The Godhead abides by it, and the angels who work for the Godhead abide by it too. No matter how much we love the writings of a man of God or a philosopher, their words, though encouraging and uplifting, are not in heaven, and the Godhead, including the angels, do not abide by them. Even the my weekly milk is not in heaven. That is the reason why we must be like the Christians of Berea, who searched the scripture to know what was written, to see whether what Paul was telling them were Jewish fables, man-made religion or philosophy. If it did not line up with the word of God, the book that is in heaven, they discarded what Paul said. Beware lest any man spoil or cheat you of your reward through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ, who is the word of God, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Colossians 2, 8-9, and Revelation 19, verse 13. Chapter 5e. All the promises in the book are yours. The reason why we call the Bible the Old and the New Testament is because somebody died and left a will or a testament. Even in the Old Testament they had that understanding that for them to claim the promises contained in the book, someone has to die. Because the testament has no power at all as long as the testator is still alive, but when he dies then it is in force. I have to remind us again that according to the Jewish tradition, the inheritance is only passed on to children, not to strangers. Thus, if you are not born again, which means a blood relative of Jesus, who died and left us an inheritance, you have no share in his inheritance. That is why Jesus tells everybody on earth, you must be born again. Therefore, in the Old Testament, since Jesus the testator had not been made manifest in the flesh yet and died, they prophetically sacrificed an animal without blemish. The animal without blemish was a shadow of Jesus the testator who will die. They will sprinkle the book or tablets with the blood of the animal to signify that the animal or the testator has now died. His will contained in the book or on the tablets are in force. They will also sprinkle the blood of that animal on the people, signifying that the people were heirs of the promises contained in the book, because they are blood relatives with the deceased. Hebrews 9, 16-22
The Jews do not give their inheritance to strangers or people who are not their blood relatives. Even if during his lifetime the testator gave a property to his hired servant, when he is deceased that property goes back to the blood relative. Likewise, when Christ Jesus, our paschal lamb, was slain, the two testaments, both the old and the new, are now in force, because he, being the testator, has died. He put his blood on the mercy seat in heaven and on the book that is in heaven to let us know that the testament is now in force and all the promises contained in it are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 Jesus has purchased us with his own blood. Acts 20 verse 28 we have become heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus, for the blood of Jesus has been sprinkled on us. 1 Peter 1 verse 2 Now that we know the testament is in force, we must read it to find out what our inheritance is and claim it. It is like a newborn baby. Long before he was born, his elder brother died and left a testament. An evil ruler of that country took hold of his inheritance, and furthermore he enslaved him, afflicted him, and did all kinds of evil to him. But one day he was told that there is a will which his elder brother left him. It has been his all along, but because of his lack of knowledge he was perishing, not knowing all things were his. Neighbours told him about his inheritance, that he just had to read the content of the will found in the book and go before the judge to claim what was his. Hosea 4 verse 6 and 1 Corinthians 3 verse 21 When we were unsaved, we were slaves to Satan and slaves of sin. Satan was our master and enjoyed having dominion over us and keeping what our elder brother Jesus left for us in his will. Now that we are born again by the blood of the Lamb, through the eternal Spirit of God, the promises are ours. We rule over sin. It has no more dominion over us. Romans 6 verse 14 We are no longer slaves of Satan and all his cohorts, but have received power from Jesus to have dominion over all of them. For he said to us in Luke ten nineteen, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Still, some born-again believers reject the promises of God concerning them. They do not take the matter to God, but others. Once they realize that all things are theirs, they find out in the Testament what God is saying concerning their specific issue. They read those promises and go before the judge, our God, to present their case. <laughs> 